Heart-Centric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about avoiding burnout that could come when you are juggling a side hustle, which is a job and a creative career. For many of us artists, we also have a side hustle. And that can mean many things. It could be uh, the corporate side hustle. It could be a role as a parent or a caregiver. It could be uh, multiple things that you're doing um, <laughs> in your life. <laughs> it can mean a lot of things. I mean, a lot of times when we are not working on art and whatever life is throwing at us, whether or not it's a job or you know caring for a parent or being a parent, um, there could be a lot of stress attached to that, especially when it's taking away from your me time. And a lot of us as artists, me time means creating. Yes. I know that's one of the things that I've experienced here, although I have not had a corporate side hustle for over 10 years. Uh, when we moved into this house, suddenly house repairs and getting our studio up and running and getting things ready was really taking time away from that me time. Yes. And me time is not just creativity, but it's also self-care and recharging. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sitting down and sitting in nature and being enveloped by nature. Uh, earlier today, I was talking about um, just burnout. One of the issues that I'm running into now with the Rogue uh, Collab Lab show that we're putting together, a big virtual show that we're putting together is that I ran into a hiccup with the program that I was going to use and it may not happen. And the response that I got from our rogue family was like, it's all right. Don't stress. Don't stress. Right. Because I just came out of burnout and they, you know, I know you guys love me and you're like, we, we don't want you to stress out about this, Ralphie. You're going to be fine. But what's interesting about that is that I also spent the day working and researching very, very deeply into burnout and how that happens. And something clicked for me when it comes to burnout and anything that you're doing that can possibly burn you out. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the main things really that I discovered that I think will happen if you do have a, a corporate side hustle and you're doing your art, right? We get a lot of satisfaction when we are creating something, right? It's almost like you sit down, you know that you're going to spend this time struggling with a painting in some cases yeah. or struggling with a work of art. Uh, but at the end, the end result is going to be something that is fulfilling and the process in of itself becomes fulfilling. A lot of times when you are caring for a parent, caring for children, uh, working a job, uh, what you're not experiencing is the satisfaction of it. You're not experiencing feeling, um, feeling like you are appreciated, feeling like there is an end to the time. When we're working on art, there is an end. To it, you know, you're going to be working on it, and no matter how much you struggle with it, you will get to the end at some point. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, when you are caring for somebody and you are walking around feeling unappreciated, or you're working a job and you don't feel that you're appreciated at work, and um, anything, everything that you do just feels like it's not even worth doing. It was one of the things that I experienced here where we were doing all these repairs and getting things ready. And it just felt like I wasn't moving forward. Like fast I was, enough. Yeah. Like I was at a standstill. While there was satisfaction in completing a specific task, it was like the task list was never ending. Exactly. Um, and so uh, we were making the distinction today between stress and burnout. And we came to the conclusion that um, 
stress is a component of burnout, but burnout is actually more of an existential crisis that affects you on a physical and emotional level. It really does. When when and that's where perspective comes in, right? And that's one of the things that will happen to a lot of us when we do have a corporate side hustle, right? If you are looking at all of that with the perspective that this is the side hustle, this is the thing that I'm doing right now for um, money, let's say, right? To support my my actual career, which is my art career. And you're able to maintain that. That's where the challenge comes in, where you're able to maintain that. So you do, you wouldn't necessarily get that. Maybe there would be stress, but you would not get that stressed out because there would always be a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You would understand, well, I'm doing this for my art. Whereas when you get to a point where you feel like, man, am I going to be stuck here for, you know, cause it takes a while to get your, get your art career going. It yeah. does take a while to get those legs in there and it does take a lot of time to get it, you know, to get it going. And it's easy to fall into that existential mindset where it's like, this is never going to end. This is, it's just going to be the same thing Mm -hmm. day in and day out. Tempest said health challenges plus parenting can really put a drain on a creative practice. So I get that entire never ending task list. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like what Cleese said before, it's not just, it's not just a job. It could be anything like that. It could be health challenges. That was one of the things that I was dealing with here because I pushed myself to burnout. Everything that I did was physically taxing. Yeah. Uh, my back, I had hurt my back. I hurt my arm, my leg. I was basically limping the, for all the months that we were carrying heavy stuff back and forth. And at no point in time did I take a break to let my body heal. And so I just kept pushing and it kept getting worse. And in the mornings I was waking up and I had headaches and Mm -hmm. didn't feel good. And so like anything that I went to go that to do that day was a major struggle. Right. Which just fuels the fire, right? Mm -hmm. Tina said, I just had a conversation with hubby earlier about me being too tired from doing all the other stuff to move stuff around and get my art space set up to paint. I told him that I need a space that is easy for me to just go and sit and paint without having a bunch to do to get ready. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Tina, and the way that the way I see it is like this, literally when it comes to something that you want to do, Right. And that's one of the things that we'll we'll discuss or we'll we'll discuss it right now. If you have a job and you come home and you have to pull a bin out from underneath the bed, set your easel up, get your paints ready, wash things. If there are more than two steps to doing something, chances are you're not going to do it. You're going to put it off because it's just too much. It's too much to get something started, especially when you're already tired. And, you know, you're just adding a bunch of tedium to something that you know is going to bring you joy, but you have to go through this wall of molasses tedium in order to get there in the first place. Chances are we won't do it. I recommend it be one step. Basically, it's set up, you walk there, everything is set up, and you're ready to go. Yeah. And you guys know this. When you reach that level of tired all the time, even the simplest thing, right? Like, If I'm going to shave my legs and the razor is not like within arm's reach, like right there, like I won't do it. 
I won't yeah. do it. It's the most basic of things. No, and that's hilarious because that's one of the things that happened during burnout. See, because I burned out and I burned out publicly, but you burned out as well. Yes, I did. Uh, because it was just, it was both of us dealing with the stuff and trying to push through it. I've actually been thinking a lot about burnout since we've been talking about it. And I realized even in a creative career, like one of the things that I didn't realize I was doing was pushing too hard for too long on basically same shit, different day with my creative career. Yeah. Um, staying at the same markets and same shows for too long. Um, only working on jewelry for the purpose of having pieces to show, not pushing myself creatively, but just sort of monotonously creating only branching out when I had a commission that challenged me, basically not being self-motivated in that way to push myself creatively right? Um, and essentially turning the creative career in itself into a job that caused burnout right? and never actually assessing and dealing with that until I was forced out of the studio by the disaster. Right. Um, and it, it's interesting because like that was one of the things that we would discuss back in the day because you were I, me on the other hand, I, am willing to leave something behind and move on to something new. Yes. So like when it came to doing the market every week, the market was great. It was a great experience. I did the market for three years, Mm -hmm. but then there came a point where I realized that like, I didn't want that to be it for me. And I always have the sense of like looking in the future. And I think that that's my, that's my light at the end of the tunnel. So no matter how scary a decision is, I look in the future and say, well, do I want to be doing this for the next 20 years? Yeah. And that's hugely powerful. And that's interesting because that's always been my MO as well, especially with corporate side hustles. And I think something was different about the art career aspect because I built my art career starting with nothing. It was almost like an unwillingness, a stubbornness, an unwillingness to change things up because it was my thing that I built rather than like a corporate side hustle. So my own stubbornness burned me out essentially. I mean, and those are the things like there is no, there's never like a one answer fits all type thing Mm -hmm. because everything has different facets to it. So whereas you're looking at your jobs, you know, your corporate side hustles in one way then you build this thing up. It's a completely different facet Mm -hmm. of the same kind of stuff that happens. Jason said, one of my challenges is an ailing mother-in-law. I don't even want to wish her ill, but my regular job plus that plus art, it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot to juggle, Jason. And it's where, you know, I think one of the biggest things that one has to stop and look at is like, all right, so I have these responsibilities how can I lessen this on myself and how can I spread this out? Right. Especially when it comes to like your art career, because you want to jump in with both feet. So Mm -hmm. you want to dedicate a lot of time. Now, if you just worked eight hours or nine hours at some job and you've been on your feet all day, um, you're going to be tired. You're going to be tired. So you will find some relief of working on art, Mm -hmm. but there may be those days where you're like, you know, I just want to go for a walk or I just want to sit down and just relax. Yeah. And it's important to understand that like we can't force things. I think that was the biggest thing with working on the house. And, you know, there were points in time where I'd sit there and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting stressed out and whatever, because I haven't had my art studio up 
for six months. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will say like, well, you just need to go work on some art. And I was like, Oh yeah, I just need to go work on some art. And then I go sit down to work on some art and I wasn't there. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. What I needed at that point in time was to just completely disconnect from everything, which is exactly what I did eventually. Ginger said, handsome always says humans have an amazing ability to optimize the fun out of everything. Really enlightening <laughs> and alarming sentiment. We do. And if you if you get down that spiral a ways before you notice what you're doing, like it really can change your entire perspective, your entire MO, your entire reality. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons that uh, people will say, and it's, it's a terrible phrase and I don't, I don't want to repeat it for the sense of thinking that I use it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, be careful what you wish for. Right. And I think a lot of people, want things to be a certain way because they see it a certain way, not understanding that, yes, it could be that way. But if your perspective is off, if you are switching your perspective at that time and starting to focus on the negative things that are going on, mm -hmm. you can turn every and any situation into a negative endeavor. So like, even when it comes to an art career, that, mm -hmm. that was definitely something that I had to work out in the beginning because like art was the only thing I was doing. There was no side hustle. And then I found myself um, working it as if it were a corporate job. Totally. And and me too. And like I described and during that time, I was tempted on several occasions to go get a corporate side hustle so that when I did my art, I could go back to just doing my art for my own enjoyment failing to realize that I could do that and that I was stubbornly holding on to the very thing that was burning me out. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that that's where money, you know, my perspective on this is that that's when money comes in, right? Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of artists will say, I just want to do it as a hobby. I don't want to involve money because then it gets stressful. Honestly, it's not the money that makes it stressful. It's the perspective behind the money that makes it stressful, mm -hmm. right? Because it, eventually can easily turn into something where instead of I'm creating art because I want to create art because I have something to say, it turns into now it's a career. Now you're making money. It could easily switch in your mind to, I got to create these pieces because I have a show this weekend and I have to make money. Right. right. Not, not like I want to create this art. Right. And, and it's a, it's a weird line to tread because on the one hand, I was always proud of everything that I created, but, but the motive, even if it's slightly askew, can change everything yeah. for you. Ginger said, I'm not against be careful what you wish for. I'm against people using it as a threat. Yeah. I, you know, and the thing is that I think that that's why I'm against be careful what you use for, because mostly it's used as a threat. I would reword it and say, be careful to keep your wish true of the things that you wish for. Because ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, you, We have a perspective. A lot of times, we have a perspective of the grass is greener on the other side mm -hmm. because we're not standing in a place of appreciation of where we are. We are and sometimes it just sucks where we are. Um, but if it's easier to appreciate something that you don't have or a place that you haven't been to yet than to appreciate where you are. The problem with that is that if you do somehow move to that place, to the the grass on the other side, you're going to realize that now the grass looks greener 
on the opposite side. Yeah. And fun fact, we learned on a thing that we watched recently that grass legit does look greener on the other side. <laughs> because of the blades. Because when you, of the direction you're looking at the blades of grass, they'll actually show as more green if you're looking at them from a distant angle than from directly on. Yeah. Jason said, I think it's important not to wish to grow too fast. Success can bring responsibility. Be patient. Be patient. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I've thought about this in every aspect of our creative business. We've seen crazy stuff happen with channels, for example. They got really big really fast. You can feel like if momentum gets out ahead of what you think you can handle, the first thing you're going to do is slam on the brakes. And that could look like self-sabotage. It could look like burnout. It could look like um, going on autopilot. Um, It can look like a lot of things. Yeah. I love that Ginger's like, Rafi, that's so complicated. Okay. So how about uh, instead of what I said, um, be careful that you don't get what you wish for. Yeah, that's that's easy. That, no, it's still complicated. Yeah, I'm not it. sure what you. I think just I said. said it better before. <laughs> just take it, take it. Dina said, "My neighbor said my grass looks so perfect." I told him because he's seeing it from far away. If he was closer, he could see all the weeds. <laughs> uh, Arianne said, "That's why I want to be slow and mindful about my growth." Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way to approach. Um, think about think about child stars that like you know oh boy get yeah. thrust into the that world right away and a lot of people a lot of people look at celebrity status as a status of success not realizing that it just means that you've gotten you basically your entire life has been put out there in front of the world all at once like i can't imagine I'm, you know, and we don't, we don't have a major, we're not majorly successful, but we have, as far as like, you know, we're not famous, but we do have people that know us when we go different places. I would say that within these 10 years, like it's really worked organically in such a beautiful way Mm -hmm. where we can go out in public and, you know, we've built a career of being ourselves and it's comfortable. Had it been in the early days, uh, where like we were still figuring ourselves out. Totally, we had a lot to sort out. Yeah, it would have been it would have been really weird. <laughs> it would have been weird. Plus, I like being able to go to the grocery store looking all hobo chic or yeah. raggedy prim, as I like to call my style, yeah. and it's fine. Jin just said we'll work on it. How about <laughs> be careful to protect the life of your wishes? Oh, that is perfect. Thank that you. That is perfect. Why Thank am you. I the one that wrote a book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I mean, you did hire me on as your that as is your true. editor to make so. it to make it actually sound good. Samson yeah. said, "Suffered through ten plus years on the day job while I worked on my graphic novel. I did finally have to quit in order to finish. But looking back, the day job worked as a constant motivation to stick with it. Once gone, motivation was hard to come by. Yeah, I think that that's one of the biggest things. Like it is." A, because we worked for ourselves and I know that you and I had a lot of conversations about that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, you find yourself, you gotta, it, let's say you gotta get to work at 7am. Right. And you're going to make sure that you get to work at 7am. Even if you get there a little bit later, maybe you walk in at, at 715, but you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. Even if that means waking up late, not showering, uh, getting coffee on the way and you get there. When it comes to your own creative career and now you're working for yourself, 
where's that motivation? You're yeah. not going to get in trouble if you don't show up on time, you know? So it's, it's interesting because a lot of us don't realize, even though we're, we're working our jobs, we don't realize how motivated we are by the fact that we might get in trouble mm -hmm. or we might let someone down. And unfortunately, unless we have that relationship with ourselves, that when we are working for ourselves, that we don't know. I, I'm getting up at 7 a.m. because it's important to me. Yeah, it can be really difficult to be self-motivated when you're doing this. Um, if you have precious few moments after work to, to work on a creative project, you may find that you utilize them more efficiently. If you have all day, every day to do your creative thing, then you might experience the phenomenon that is... Uh, not finding the self-motivation, um, existential crisis, and then bursts of pushing way too hard um, and then going back to struggling to find self-motivation. Yeah. Rachel said, Raggedy Prim is awesome. Oh, thanks, Rachel. Yes. Tempest said, Cleese book is next. I have some thoughts she for does. some things I want to write, definitely. She does. Ginger said, guard your sentiments, fam. Yeah. Guard your sentiments, protect your wishes. Oh yeah, protect I love that. I, love I like that. that too. Yeah, so um, being self-motivated is a critical part of that whole puzzle. Um, definitely not being overly motivated or yeah. under-motivated. And that's, but that's where it gets a little bit complicated because when you have a job, and I, I can speak to this, when you have a job and your motivation you got to take a really close look at the things that motivate you, right? Whether you're working for someone else or you're working for yourself, right? When you're working for someone else, it's almost like you are motivated by making sure that you don't get in trouble, making sure that you get the high fives, mm -hmm. right? The pat on the back, making sure that you are doing well so that you get acknowledged. So mm -hmm. it's almost like we we pine for making sure that we are appreciated at work. Yep. Many of us don't feel appreciated when we are working. No. Uh, only when things are really good and you know you you get the high five every once in a while. But for example, it just like with anything else in life, things become the norm, right? I remember when I first started as a manager for the coffee shop that shall not be named, mm -hmm. um, I was a rock star for the first two years Yep, uh, because I was bringing in more, you know, like I basically raised the profits of the store and, and we had one of the best run stores. Well, after two years, I was battling my own numbers, Right. Right. And the fact of the matter was that when I first started, I was way more motivated to make things work. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how we'll do that. So Elizabeth said, I'm bad about feast or famine work. Um, even uh, so uh, I do freelance design work for a couple of small like boutique shops. And whenever work comes in from those shops, I will move heaven and earth to bump that work to the front of the list. Like, it becomes top priority, I assumingly because it is for another company, not mine. Yeah, it's my work that I'm doing, but it's for someone else. And so, in that way, I, I do 
even still tend to prioritize that as though it's that like that's the job stuff and this is the whatever. Well, you got you got really used to doing that when we worked at the market because even though the mm -hmm. market wasn't like an employer, there was a part of you that I would notice would almost treat it that way. So like you had your standard pieces that you would create that you knew were going to do well at the market yeah. and like you would go and you would create those and rarely did you allow yourself to just play an experiment. Yeah. And that's exactly how I burned out because yeah. I did that for many, many years. Jen just said being a healthcare provider is mildly soul sucking, but one amazing health insurance too. I can say, heck this, I'm painting a dinosaur and then go paint a dinosaur Art, Art stays, stays refuge. refuge. Yeah, 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 exactly. The key there is, you know, once once somebody builds up their art career and they are making money, right? They mm -hmm. have a following, they have whatever. It's when you start your career that way, where you're like, I want to paint a dinosaur and you paint a dinosaur and then, you know, you hold on to that dinosaur for a year and a half and then somebody sees it and they buy it or two years, you know, where like, it's not... I got to create stuff and sell it right now. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, that ever, that weird question that we get of like, what do you do with the art that doesn't sell? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's all, it's all. You're not in a hurry to unload it. Yeah, exactly. If you find yourself using the word unloading, uh, yeah. unless you're talking about unloading your car at an art show, if you're trying to unload your artwork, there's uh, probably a, uh, some reflection. You got you to really think of that perspective because it's very much like the work kind of perspective where it's like, okay, I have this piece. It hasn't sold. I created it three months ago. Uh, what, what do you think I should do? Should I put it on discount? It's like, no, no, the, the, the work doesn't lose value whatsoever. No. And I think that because we are so trained at looking at retail, whether we work retail, whether we work whatever, looking at it in that way, we lose that perspective. I do love that, Jinja, because, you know, it's great to have amazing healthcare, by the way. Yeah, um, totally. And to be able to just create what you want to create because you want to create it, the key is being able to do that with your career and even if it's full time. Even if it's full time. Tina said, my side hustle, mom, housewife, and home renos is a never ending job. And it's really hard to stop doing the regular day to day to paint. I feel guilty not doing the housework. So let's talk about setting these boundaries, right? Because especially when it comes to home reno and basic domestic stuff you need to do, um, especially if you're a parent or a caregiver, it's there's no end to it. It's, it is a never-ending job. And so how do you wrap your mind around setting those boundaries so that you can create? And when you are creating, you are actually replenishing instead of depleting yourself because you're too busy thinking about all the things you feel guilty that you're not doing yeah. right now. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Guilt, uh, feeling guilty for not doing housework that in of itself is, Tina, what we were talking about when we were talking about burnout mm -hmm. earlier, right? Where it's like, when you start feeling guilt, shame, doubt, fear, you are adding an extra layer of stress on yourself that is only going to take away from your motivation. Whereas if you realize, like, uh, kind of like what Ginger says here, that the chores are going to be there. 
mm-hmm. you know? So like you're, they're, they're going to get taken care of. If your priority is to say from this time to this time, I'm in the studio, come hell or high water. I don't care if there are dishes in the sink. I don't care if there is laundry to do. I don't care if I need to uh, do this or that or whatever it is where like you decide what your time is, whether it's two hours, three hours, maybe a day, a full day during the week and several hours during the day or a couple hours during the day, whatever it is that you decide, that is your priority and that's what comes first. House chores, because you have to think about it this way. It is disheartening to think I'm going to work on this art and feel guilty because I'm not doing housework. Why would you be feeling guilty? And that's because your boundaries are not set. Yep. Your boundaries need to be set on what is important to you. And what is important to you is your artwork. And so your artwork comes first. Everything else will get taken care of, but only after I take care of this, because this, in essence, is me taking care of myself. And that needs to come first. If you don't have that for yourself, and trust me, I am learning this the hard way with everything that I've put in with the with my warped perspective that led me to burnout. If you are not taking care of yourself, it doesn't matter how much work you do, it will never feel like it is enough. It will never feel like it's enough and it will consume you. Yeah. You touched on something really powerful today when we were talking, which is, um, as we're talking about the difference between stress and burnout, you said it's, it's really an emotional thing. And we both agree. Uh, burnout has this element of hopelessness and futility to it. And I agree. Uh, burnout is like I said, more of an existential crisis. It's just like we need food every day to sustain our body. You need things that continually give you a reason to be that refuel you emotionally and mentally and feed your soul, so to speak. And without that, you really start to lose a grasp on why you do any of what you do. And life can become really um, dim from that place. It does. It does. And the thing is that like those, it is a mindset, Mm -hmm. right? So like whether or not it is the house chores or, taking care, you know, making sure that you're responsible this or responsible that, or you're working a side hustle, right? First off, if it is something that is detrimental to you, right? Like, let's say you have a job or you're living in a situation where it is um, toxic, Mm -hmm. then either A, you set boundaries, very strong boundaries there and say, this is not okay. This needs to stop right now. Or you get away from it. Yeah. I mean, I firmly believe that no job is that important. No, no no. job is. No, I don't think that any situation, no situation is that that important. important. Yeah. You know, uh, (laughs) Jason says, will you ever regret missed house chores when dying? What about giving up on your passion. Yeah. Mortality yeah. is a hugely effective perspective for me to keep in mind um, when it comes to my priorities. Our neighbor, Irma, who is absolutely wonderful, human and creative, um, said something I love. One of the first times we met her and talked to her, she said, I always did my creative work in the morning and I chose like afternoon shift at my job, which um, she was a welder boiler maker by yeah. trade. Yeah. Badass lady. Um, she said, I always did my creative work 
uh, and my garden work in the morning. And then my corporate side hustle could have whatever energy I had left yep. for the rest of the day. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Tina says, I don't feel guilty for painting. I feel guilty for when people show up and the house is, so what? The house is a complete disaster. So what? If anybody has anything negative to say because your house looks like a complete disaster, they could shove it up their, you know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's basically what it comes down to. Nobody, nobody has the right to judge you for deciding that you're not going to have a pristine house because you decide that you're going to work on your passion. I, that, that's, that's one of those things where I, I, it does, it does cause a rant to come on because I did grow up in that space where you were always super concerned about what the neighbors would think. That's Mm -hmm. how I grew up. That's what I was trained to think. And the truth of the matter is when it comes down to it, nobody should care. Really, nobody should care. And it just is what it is. And um, I've seen, I've walked into really bad, you know, if you walk into my dad's house, my dad is a hoarder and it's gross and it's disgusting. But even still, it's like, all right, well, that's how he lives. He's awesome. So, you know. Yeah, you know, that's something that I've found myself worrying about, too. And I'm realizing more and more that, like, really, if somebody is going to come over here and judge our house, um, to be to have the willingness to be like, you know, maybe you should go to someone else's house. (laughs) And that's that's the interesting thing is that, like, people that are judgmental, right, people that are judgmental, those are the people that go into rapid cleaning before they have guests over right? They clean the floorboards. They do all this stuff. They they do like a massive amount. They spend an entire 24 hours to a week uh, getting everything ready, fixing the things that, you know, because they want things to look what they call presentable. Um, Clee and I never do that. No, we like to keep the house tidy for us, but if it gets a little out of hand, then it gets a then little it gets out, out of hand. hand. Like I'm not going to clean the house up and make it look like it's, you know, whatever. I don't care what people think. And I think that that's that's the thing that that don't allow your your perception of what people think to make you feel guilty because you are dedicating your time to your art. Esther said, I wish I'd realized how the money would take care of itself and feel free to leave my toxic job so much sooner. Esther, that is... I love hearing that from you, Esther, because I know it was stressful and scary. We saw you through that transitional period and you handled it like a champion. Yes, you handled it. You are amazing, Esther. You are amazing. So many of you guys are amazing in the way that you're able to handle that. But Mm -hmm. but the the thing is, it's always always great to see. It's not easy. No. You got, and and honestly, it's all the mental trappings that we have that, that come with it. You know, and the the thing about it is that like when it comes to if you're going to do a side hustle, you make sure that it's something that you enjoy. I think Zara had left a comment on our discord about the fact that she's doing something now that that is really filling. She's helping other people out in a creative way. And that's awesome. Really, really filling her soul. And that's great because when it comes to side hustles, you could have a side hustle. Just remember then no matter what, it is a stepping stone to the next thing, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not dedicated to your side hustle. You are dedicated to your art. Your side hustle is just a means to make money. 
So if it becomes toxic or it becomes something where it's unreasonable, because like I said, it can easily happen in that corporate environment. I was a rock star when I first came in and then I had to I had to go against my own numbers. And the next thing I know, I don't look like so much of a rock star anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's it, it's ridiculous. Sarah said, pristine. Mine is the house from hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, Sarah. Leslie said, the late Professor Ken Robinson talked about our lopsided being. Too much time in our minds and not enough time in our bodies, hearts, and soul. Exactly, Leslie. One of the things that I told people when I left the corporate world and everybody thought I had lost my mind was I did that exactly. I am out of my mind. I'm not in there anymore. Um, in fact, I would say that one of the things that happened here that led to burnout was that I spent way too much time inside my mind and not enough time just having uh, fleeting, uh, nonsensical thoughts about nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's that's where my joy comes from. It's when I clear my mind that the the awesome thoughts come in eventually, because I'm not thinking about, oh, I got to repair this wall. Oh, I got to make sure that I do this. Hey, uh, do I need to fix that leak under the sink? Are we going to contact the, uh, the, the, the oil city arts council about this thing? Uh, when do we have the show? Oh, we have the show that's coming up in August. When are we going to get things, you know, like everything is like very analytical, very, very planned. That's a piece of it too. I realized uh, yesterday that during this whole time of burnout for how long, however long it's been going on for either one of us, I have allowed my mind to just run amok. And so it's gonna, it, there's going to be an adjustment period, I think, where I get that reined back in and yeah. get to a more balanced place. Because right now when I try to clear my mind, it is not having it. Yeah. Um, so you got to be patient with, you know, making that transition to if you have been living like um, a complete like, you know, um, j- just a million directions at once. And, and um, your mind, your mind is going a million directions yeah, at once. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some to time. I, I talk about that in the video that I'm going to be releasing on YouTube where when when I did finally take a break and I mean, I was forced to take a break because my body just gave out. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down on the front deck, decided I was going to clear my mind because I am somebody who meditates every day for 10 minutes. I clear my mind. Well, for the last six months, I have not. Right. And I sat out there to clear my mind and it was a four hour long battle <laughs> with my own brain because my brain over the last six months has gotten so used to just doing, me doing what it wants. It's having like a, the bullhorn. Yeah. It's like a petulant child. It's just going to think about what it wants to think. It's going to stress over what it wants to think about. And I had stopped training it to do what I wanted to do. So if I want to think of nothing or if I want to think of the trees or if I want to stare at a flower and just think of the colors in that flower, it wasn't having it. Right. It was going to think of whatever it wanted. But the thing is, and that's where a lot of people fall short because they try a meditation once or twice and then they go through this struggle, right? right. And it, that's not the point. The point is to understand that like, it's just, you're just training your head. You're just training your head to think about what it is that you want to think about. Yeah. And grabbing the bullhorn from your stick man yeah. and your brain jar. Exactly. Samson said, balance, 
though is important. I feel so much better after fachunking the studio finally. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Jen just said, the only obligation I try to feel uh, is ensuring that the table we're sitting at only has dried paint. <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a good move. Yeah. That's a good move. I try to make sure that whatever paint I have on my pants is dried paint. Indeed. Uh, a lot of times I'll find out that it wasn't dried paint because I'll see several surfaces in the house that have a little blotch of whatever it is. It does happen. Yeah. Tina said, thanks, guys. Love you. You always knock some sense into me. We do that for each other. Yes, we do. Did, uh, did I just pop? Hi, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Uh, Zara said, yep, helping others really makes me happy. Oh, Zara is so happy. That is awesome. That's really cool. And that's what I mean about the meaning and being recharged and feeling a sense of fulfillment and purpose um, and not allowing uh, routines and stress and monotony to deplete you of the reason for doing what you do and being who you be. I think that's that's an important thing. I like that as a jumping off point for the next thing, right? Because this this question is based on a question from Clover. Cool. And it has to do with her side hustle and like how taking a look at that side, it, it's such a, it this question can encompass many things and we've covered a lot of them. The other thing that I would say is perspective because you could be working at a job, right? Your side hustle. And it's just monotonous shite. Mm-hmm. Like you are just going in. It's the same crap every day. Mm-hmm. It is very easy to feel a sense of overwhelm and burnout when you have a juxtaposition where like part of your life is this creative endeavor, right? And the other part of your life is monotony. Right. Um, and I think... There are two things you could do. Either A, you're like, all right, got to leave this for something much more exciting. Or B, take a look at the perspective there and which thing is dominating your thoughts most of the time. Mm -hmm. Is it creativity dominating your thoughts while you're going through the monotony or is the monotony dominating your thoughts while you're trying to do the creativity? Yeah. I, th- what comes to mind is, um, as an example is, um, for a brief period of time, guys, I was a job hopper. Okay. Like, because I did, I had a very low tolerance for toxic environments or, and monotony and all of it. But for a brief period of time, I worked at a warehouse unloading boxes from pallets onto a conveyor belt And it could have sucked, but I actually enjoyed the physical aspect of it. But even more so, I kind of would get myself into a rhythm throwing the boxes onto the conveyor belt. And I was heavily writing music and playing shows with bands at the time. And so I would write songs in my head to the rhythm of the boxes hitting the conveyor belt while I was doing the work. Right. And so that was actually fulfilling for me. There came a time where the warehouse said, we're going to need you to um, count the boxes as you unload them. So that changed things for me. Now I can no longer be in my head writing songs. I have to count the boxes. So I quit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is how, how you approach it. Leslie says, great book called The Inflamed Mind. Using a, yeah, that's a great book. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, that is a good book. Kyle uh, said, it's like mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't this, matter. Yes, Kyle. I love that. <laughs> Ginger said, chaos brain, TM. Have been there, fam. 
<laughs> Say it loud. I'm doing my best and I am enough. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I am doing my best. This is this right now is what I've got. It, one of the things that I also have reminded myself of when it comes to my art career and anything else that I'm working on, it, you know, the house and all the stuff, because the story that I was repeating, the narrative that I was telling myself, right? And you got to think about like this narrative, it, it becomes your mantra. And the more you say it, whatever it is, the more that becomes your reality. That's where your thoughts are because you're repeating it over and over and over. And I remember it was like, I just feel like everything is so hard. There's not enough time for anything. I don't know how I'm ever going to get it right. I'm in that state of mind where everything is just negative. There's just not enough time. You're in the bog of eternal stench. And, and it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I told you, I told you today, I was like, no, my mantra has always been since I lost my mind and all that stuff mm-hmm. has been, oh, there's more than enough time. I'll be able to get this done whenever I get it done. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I get it done today. It doesn't matter if I get it done tomorrow. The fact is that there's more than enough time because we never get it done. And hearing you say that used to make my chaos brain very nervous about how (laughs) things were going to play out. But then I eased into it and I've seen you warp space time in your favor um, when that is your predominant mantra. Right. Other than the fact that, you know, then running into, and the thing is to consider like, all right, that it doesn't take very long to form new habits. No. And a lot of the habits that we formed in just uh, what happened with this disaster in the studio mm-hmm. and then moving out and a lot of, a lot of other things too, it just kind of got solidified to the point where I found myself in a place where I was stuck in a never ending loop. And that's, that's the thing to remember is, you know, if you're, you're juggling a high, a, a side hustle and you're juggling your art career or you're juggling home repairs or you're juggling anything else, right? And you're trying to juggle things, several things all at once. What can end up happening is that you can feel overwhelmed by everything that you have going on and in essence, trap yourself in a loop yeah. of the same thing a holding pattern. every day. You, you get in a holding pattern. So even when it comes to your art, and everything else, you'll find yourself in a holding pattern because your mantra or the, the thing that you're focused on daily is keeping you in this holding pattern. Yeah, totally. It's an Ouroboros of bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a good pattern interrupt is uh, because this is one of the things we want to talk about is throwing a new medium at yourself, whether yeah. whether you've got yourself in a holding pattern or um, or you're stuck creatively, you've been stuck in monotony creatively, or your job is sucking your soul a little bit, or any one of that, you know, any combination therein, um, a new medium can be a good experience as a pattern interrupt and as license to not stress out about the end results, I think is another good aspect of that. Yeah. To just play, to play. To play. To play, to have, to buy new mediums. There are so many mediums out there. Like you could play around with um, open acrylics. You know, it's a, a lot of people go back and forth between oil and this, you know, the basics, right? Watercolor oil. But the, the truth is that you, there are different consistencies to different acrylics or different consistencies to all kinds of paint. You get cheap paint. What can I do with cheap paint versus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more top of the line paint? What can I do with heavy bodied? What can I do with this? What can I do? And that's just just paint 
Imagine you throw paper mache in there. Have you ever used paper mache in a painting? Have you ever used different textures? Have you ever gone to the construction store, you know, a Home Depot, and walk around and take a look at their construction materials and see like, oh, what can I do with this that is different? How can I put this in my art? Or yeah, and sorry, not sorry, or visited AmericanScienceAndSurplus.com oh, yeah. and looked at some of their random surplus items that you could potentially build just about anything your heart desires with. I, I mean, it's one of the things that I loved about watching documentaries of like the artists, you know, the artists that got a lot of artist movement started in the 70s and 80s or 70s in New York, mm -hmm. because they go into like, you know, the low end districts where they're selling all the surplus stuff. And honestly, that's where artists spent most of their time. A lot of artists started careers in latex because they were going into this, these, these neighborhoods that had surplus of like industrial materials. Yeah, totally. And it, it's, it's interesting because we, we don't think about the fact that like everything that you are surrounded with can potentially become a new medium for you. Mm -hmm. Like everything you could go out and collect garbage and that could become a new medium for you. And it's it's really pushing outside of the comfort zone of what you're used to and creating something that maybe you would have never created unless you were experimenting and playing. And if you're not self-motivated to do that, because I know I can get stuck on a thing, I just get stuck on a thing, I highly recommend taking a class, whether it's a virtual class or a class. I've taken classes in the past just because they seemed interesting to me and it was just something, that's how I got into needle felting. That's how I learned about paper mache. Um, or volunteer for something creative. I My pattern used to be uh, I would go to work I would have band practice with one of my bands and I would volunteer for children's theater. And while that was a lot of stuff going on, I never was really quite sure what I was going to be doing um, yeah. with the theater. And so it was just fun and exciting and, and low key. And it was an excuse to play for a while until that got to be <laughs> yeah. sort of took on a different energy. Ginger Ginger said mess making is also very important fearlessly establishing the, the splash, splash yes exactly which is what i'm so excited about with our new studio is that i have a legit splash zone a legit which is splash all zone. of it jenny said included uh <laughs> i'm in your splash zone yes you are jenny said i bake when my brain is stuck and sure enough it pops me into here nearly every time then every random thing becomes art. Exactly. Every random thing. Sarah says, what is your favorite color to paint, create with? Uh, honestly, all of them. I, it's always weird for me when people ask me what my favorite color is. Natural, for some reason, I get gravitated to like a bluish green color. Like, I, I guess I love that color, That's for, a good color. for my I backgrounds like and stuff. But really, if you walk around the house and you look at my art, um, it's just every color. Like some backgrounds are yellow, red. So I just, I love I, every color. Every color has its own significance and meaning to me. Uh, creating is my chill out time. Experimenting makes it more fun. Yes, Char. Experimenting yes. is hugely fulfilling for me. Yep. I, I don't do it enough. I want to get back to doing the experiments. Tina said, I really want to make garbage sculptures in the woods when I move up north. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think just playing around with those mediums is fun ways. Zara said, there definitely are artists where the medium is garbage. Saw a documentary with an artist that did it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
some beautiful creations. Beautiful pieces. Cameron said new ways of applying your medium can be a switch up. Totally. Yes, indeed. We are building a splash wall. I'd like my security deposit back, please. (laughs) (laughs) Cameron said my favorite is turquoise. My favorite was blue and green growing up. It kind of makes sense now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know, it's it's interesting because like we talked about, you know, having a side hustle. We talked about burnout. We started this conversation with burnout probably because, you know, we've been working on a burnout video. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also discussed like these things. These these are the things that may pull you out of that, because when you get into a place where whenever you get into a place where it could lead to burnout where maybe you're stressed out or overwhelmed or you're trying to juggle things. Um, what really matters there, whether or not you decide that you're going to leave your side hustle or you're going to change your perspective in it, is that you make sure that your mindset is in a place where you're not trapped in a pattern. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to break the pattern. Now, some of this stuff that we've been talking about, switching things up with your mediums and stuff. If you are in a pattern where you get home and you paint, you know, and this and you do this and whatever, and you have this routine, there's nothing wrong with routines. Unless, of course, the routine eventually leads to a pattern that just does not inspire you. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it's important to throw a pattern interrupt in there. And whether it is taking a walk, whether it is going and immersing yourself in nature, whether it is uh, picking up some new mediums, whether it is experimenting with sculpture when you've never done it before, mm-hmm. whether it is doing paper mache, creating a mask, uh, buying some clothes at the thrift store and mm-hmm. making them all funky and wearing them out. Like, you know, it could be anything, anything that's going to throw a pattern into that. And then from that place of feeling really, really good, then you look at the situation, whether it's work, house, whatever it is, and decide, what am I going to do about my perspective with this? And how, I'm gonna, how am I going to change this up the way that I just changed this thing up? Totally. You know? And for the love of all things, don't make any important decisions from a place of burnout except to get yourself out of it by any means yes. necessary. Yes. Uh, because on the route to burnout and on the route in that pattern uh, where I hadn't reached the point where like my body just gave out on me. Uh, you and I had conversations. Well, how do we, how do we, whatever, but you cannot find a solution if you are stuck in the place of the problem. It just doesn't work that True. way. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you could be solution oriented is if you get yourself out of that environment and go into a clear mindset where you're not thinking the same thoughts, you are clearing your mind and out of that place. Ginger said, can't afford texture paste. Psst use the acrylic skins. You don't need an entirely new kit to start a new weird play space. That Love is that, true. Ginger. That is true. Cameron said, buying nerdy stuff usually makes me feel real good. Lol, Yu-Gi-Oh card is my new strange hobby. I love it, Cameron. Cameron, I love it. And by the way, if you have not checked out American Science and Surplus, just look it up online. <sighs> There's so many nerdy things on that site. It is like a dream come true. You guys, I am going to apologize ahead of time for suggesting that place because you will love it. You will love it. It's just a surplus, weird, wacky place uh, that I used to love going to in Illinois. And they have, um, you know, 
they have an online shop that you could check out all their crazy things. And they, by the way, all their product descriptions are hilarious and very entertaining. Tina said, y'all motivated, motivated me to do what I want. Yeah. From now on. You do what you want. Make necklaces from paint skin. Yes. Paint skin. It sounds, it sounds so, it sounds so kind of, it does sound a little bit creepy. It's like paint skin. I like it. I like to say it. Jen just said, Rafi, I'm familiar with that site, and that's that's, that's dangerous. Dang- yes, I know. It is. I know. I'm, I'm on, on the, the website, website now. <laughs> oh, Arianne, good luck. I live in Illinois. This could be oh, bad. Oh, if you yes. have the ability to physically go to their store, oh. prepare to spend a whole day there. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay, with that, I think we're ready yeah. to wrap up this awesome conversation. What was it again? I missed the site. American science and surplus.com. Yeah. It's actually sci plus.com. But sci- if you type in uh, American science and surplus, it'll pop up mm-hmm. in Google search. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think that was good. Hopefully we answered uh, Clover's question. Yeah. Th- so it was kind of an amalgamation of Clover's question with a few other questions that we got. Um, and I, I think overall it was a good discussion. I think so. I mean, we talked about, we talked about, yes, you did. <laughs> Thank awesome, you, Clover. Clover. Yeah. It's, we talked about, you know, jobs. We talked about other responsibilities. I think that it all kind of like creeps in together. So it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a very vast subject could, that could go on in conversation for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we, we were able to broach on that question. Been great food for thought, said Shar. Awesome. awesome. All right. So let's do our sign out now. And I want to thank all the amazing rogues, our rogue family, for being here, having these conversations with us. Absolutely adore you guys. It's Always so awesome to hang out with you. And I leave these feeling super inspired to move forward and create. Uh, And also, I want to thank everybody else that's out there listening to this podcast. Thank you guys so much. Uh, So far, uh, we've been looking at our podcast stats and people seem to be really enjoying our show and the conversations that we're having. And we're have, we're hoping to have many more and actually at some point maybe have guests on the show, mm-hmm. um, have some of these amazing artists that show up for the live stream, be a guest on the show. I think that that would be amazing because I think it's so important for artists to connect, be a community and communicate with one another because everyone always has something to bring to the table and that's powerful. Yes, it is. And so, yeah. So thank you all for being here. And by the way, if you like this and you're not subscribed to us and you see a subscribe button on whatever platform you're on, just go ahead and click that. And that way you'll be notified anytime that we are on and that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.